Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The world is making less and less sense and heading in directions that it's never gone before. Pastor J.D. wants to encourage you that with Jesus Christ, you have a hope and a future. Acknowledge you're a sinner. Believe Jesus Christ is Lord and call upon his name. Three easy steps to salvation. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 15th, 2021. It says you have COVID. Well, how do you know it's Delta then? Because the CDC said so. Oh! So why are they saying that? Because they're setting up the masses, the population with this grand and great deception as foretold in the book of Revelation. Wow, Pastor, this is... uh, Well, you're not here because you're going to hear smooth things. You're here, and I've commended you, and I do thank you, and I applaud you that you come here, because you know you're going to hear hard things, not smooth things. And this is the truth, man. Okay, let's, let's answer another question. What happens if, okay, can we answer the what happens or the what if question? What if one is thrown into one of these camps? I mean, it's, it's, it's possible, right? Prior to the rapture, Hey, at this point, anything's possible, right? I mean, two years ago, if you would have said to me, I'd be talking about this, I'd have said, <laughs> yeah, right. No way. Way. At this point, nothing would surprise me. It is possible. Pre-rapture. Oh man, pastor, you're killing me. You're scaring me. What happens? What are we going to do? Answer, Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. You know the account. We talk about it often in terms of typology. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're not thrown into a concentration camp. They're thrown into a seven times hotter fiery furnace. Why were they thrown into that furnace? Because they wouldn't bow down and worship the image that was 60 cubits by six cubits with six instruments played, a type of the image of the beast that's going to be worshipped. And they refused to worship 
the image. And so anybody that refused to worship the image would be cast not into a concentration camp, but into a seven times hotter fiery furnace. A picture of the seven year tribulation, by the way. A picture of Israel, who will go into the seven year tribulation and be saved in the midst of the seven year tribulation, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. Daniel is a picture of the church. He is exalted, taken up pre-furnace, and is not there. Just like we will be taken up and not be there when this happens. That's a pre-tribulation rapture typology. So you know the account, right? So, I mean, it's actually, if, if you're able, you'll see some humor in it. And I know I get criticized for my, my sense of humor, and I do really try to tone it down. I know it probably doesn't seem like that, but I really do. If you only knew how much I held back. But it's actually kind of humorous, because when they're thrown into the midst of this seven times hotter fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar looks in there and says, um, didn't we throw three of them in there? I see a fourth, and it looks like the Son of God. Oh, that's because it is. And they got saved in the midst of that seven times hotter fiery furnace, the way that Israel will be saved in the midst of the seven year tribulation. And this is the humor part. Um, he says to them, come out. Now, if I'm in there, and Jesus is in there, and He saved me in there. I'm looking at this king, and I'm saying, you're the one that threw me in here. Why would I want to come back out? I'm good right here. Jesus is here. I'm safe, man. I, I'm praising the Lord, man. I, no, it's, it's very warm and cozy in here. <laughs> what I want to draw your attention to is what they told this King Nebuchadnezzar before. It was kind of like, they're going to give him one more chance. Get the jab! No. <laughs> no! No! I'm going to throw you in the seven times hotter fiery furnace slash concentration camp. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, and I want you to listen to this, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us from your hand, O King. How about that? I hope you're still clapping after I read verse 18. <laughs> because there's a but here. <laughs> but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. This is um, akin to what Esther did when she approached the king uninvited, 
And she says to Mordechai, I'm going to do this. We need to pray fast, because you have to understand, if I approach him and he doesn't hold out the scepter, I'm dead. You do not approach the king uninvited. And she says to Mordechai, if I perish, I perish. Now I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm about to say. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. Again, not in my notes, but it's in my heart. Let's get this show on the road. I don't fear those who can kill the body, as they're trying to do. The one I fear, I fear the Lord, because the Lord is the one who can throw the soul into hell. So if I perish, I perish. If I perish, I mean it's like, okay. One last question. Boy, you're full of questions today. Well, here's one last question. How is it and why is it that they were able to say what they said to King Nebuchadnezzar? Answer, they had let go of this world. Like the Apostle Paul, who would come after them, for me to die is gain. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You want to kill the body? Send me home on an earlier flight? Let's do it. Just give me my boarding pass and let's do this thing, because I'm ready to go home. And I'll tell you why I'm ready to go home. There's nothing here anymore for me. The only reason I'm still here is because I still got work to do, and so do you too. That's the only reason we're still here. But I have nothing here holding me here. You know that famous saying by Mark Twain, which I absolutely disagree with, speaking of Christians being so heavenly minded they're of no earthly good? It's the other way around. Christians are so earthly minded they're of no heavenly good. We're so bound to this world and the things of this world, and we'll do everything and stop at nothing to save our lives in this world. And Jesus said, if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose it, well, this is a very loose translation, but you get the point. You know what I'm saying. The Christians that are walking in victory and full of joy are the Christians who have let go of this world and the things of this world. So when that trumpet sounds, man, they're so way ready, for lack of a better way of saying it. I don't know why it is, and I'll speak, speak in the broad sense, I don't know why it is that we as Christians are trying to hold on to this world, not our home. We have long overstayed our welcome in this world. Why are we trying to keep the thing on life support? And God is gracious, and He's gentle, and He's patient, and He's long-suffering. He's not prying our hands off of it. He's just bringing us to that place where we just say, here, 
And there's no better place to be than that place of surrender where you just, I surrender all. I surrender all. The things of earth, to borrow another hymn, grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. I tell you, when you've tasted of heaven, you taste of the Lord and you see that He is good. I mean, man, what? Okay, one last thing. I was talking to my wife the other day about this. And I was sharing with her that I, I, I feel like that I'm trying to get people off the Titanic and into the lifeboat of salvation in Christ before the thing sinks. And the problem is there's still people that are on this sinking Titanic that actually still have hope that it won't sink. And as long as they still have hope that it's not going to sink, you're not going to get them into the, I'll say right where I'm at. Because after all, we were told that this ship, even God couldn't sink it. That was probably your first mistake right there. I mean, that's the only thing that comes close to explaining why it is that people would have stayed on that thing. They actually believed that it would not sink. And I think that's the problem today with people. They really don't believe that this baby's going down. We don't have another hundred years. Well, how long do we have? I don't know. But I want to be as ready for the rapture, if it were today, as I would be if it were still years from today. It's going to go down. It's not a question of if it's going to go down. The only question is when and how soon. And until we get to that point where we believe that this world is passing away, you're not going to get us to move. You're, you're going to get me off of this gigantic Titanic into that inflatable little, you know, inner tube of a lifeboat to be saved? I'm good. Isn't that the problem? That's the problem. Ah, things are going to get back to normal. When? Again, after what, the 20th booster shot? We just need to, you know, put masks on our kids and suffocate them and, and have them breathe in their own CO2 and then reduce their immunities so they get sicker, a little bit longer, and then we'll go back to normal. Really? You believe that? I mean, the Titanic's already like this. Oh, it's going to go back up. It is? Okay, I'm done. Here's the bottom line, and I say this every week, but I, we got to get people to Jesus. Now, uh, there's another iron that's hot, and it's the iron of salvation, and we need to strike while the iron of salvation is hot. Now's the time, before it's too late. It's not on us 
The onus is not on us how they respond. The farmer broadcasts the seed upon which soil the seed falls is not on the farmer. That's the Holy Spirit. We're to broadcast the seed. We're to broadcast the seed of God's word, the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. That yes, this world is passing away. The Titanic of this world is going down. But Jesus saves. And the reason Jesus saves is because Jesus died for you, for me. Because God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came and died for you, died for me. He was buried and He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day soon and very soon. That's the good news, the gospel. The ABCs of salvation, we've been doing this for a couple, three years now. It's just a childlike, simple explanation of salvation. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner. Because again, unless you acknowledge this, you're not interested in a Savior if you're not a sinner. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the way I see it, packages the bad news first with the good news. The bad news is, is that the wages of sin is death. That's the death penalty. And the good news is the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the good news. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C lastly is, and very simply, for call upon the name of the Lord. Or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. How do you confess with your mouth? Oh, that's Romans ten thirteen. You pray. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. He will never turn you away. He will never turn you away. You call upon Him, believing in your heart, trusting in Him for the forgiveness of sin, and you will, will, will be saved. Okay, real quick. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, we wanted to update you on the religious exemption letter announced last week. I do want to ask you to forgive me. I do apologize. I didn't realize the volume that we were going to receive. And so what we're going to do is, because of the volume of requests, Jim and Chris Cote, dear friends of mine, of the Master's Touch print and mail, are going to create a web page similar to the ABCs of Salvation postcard mailer, which, by the way, is still available. If you have somebody you want to send that card to, you just go to the website, 
click on the ABC's tab, you fill in the information, and it will be mailed at no cost to you, to whoever you want it mailed to. Now we're going to do the same thing with the exemption letter. Uh, right now, it's just, it's not ready yet. We appreciate your patience. We do have the tab. We're just going to ask you for patience and prayer, by the way, more importantly, as we work on getting this set up as soon as possible. And we will. And again, please pray for us. Once it's set up, you will enter the information. You'll you'll be asked a couple of qualifying questions. And then you'll fill in the information and the letter, which will be on there, will be mailed and or emailed to you promptly and, of course, at no cost. Now, those of you that have emailed and asked for this letter, uh, we're going to have to ask you to resubmit your request uh, once this is set up. We are hoping, Lord willing, to have it set up by the end of this week, if not sooner. But again, please uh, pray for us. Our amazing staff, because they are amazing, but uh, they're working tirelessly to try to get this done. We know there are some that have a deadline, and we've tried to get those to you uh, as quickly as possible. Now, if you do have a deadline, let us know that. But if you don't, I know a lot of people, it's not till September or October, so there's still time. We'll try to get this up. You'll have it by then. So again, we appreciate your patience. Now, we've already done close to a thousand uh, manually, one at a time, because of our amazing staff. But we've been receiving thousands thousands of these requests. So this is how we're going to be able to uh, do that for you. You hanging in there with me. Loving Father in heaven, we're in awe of you. In awe of you, Lord. Lord, I just want to pray Maybe there's somebody here in this church today or watching online. It's no accident that you have brought them to this place for such a time as this. Lord, I just pray that today would be the day of their salvation, that they would not put off any longer the most important decision of their life for eternal life. And Lord, I know that when I say this and pray this, I do so on behalf of my brothers and sisters. Lord, would you come quickly? (laughs) If you don't deliver us from this furnace, we're still not going to bow down and worship because you alone, you alone, we worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special Mideast Prophecy Update edition of In Spirit and Truth. We understand how important it is to know what God's Word says, especially in our world today. All around us, we see violence and despair running seemingly unchecked We do what we can to alleviate these crises we encounter, 
But all the while, we know evil is waiting right around the corner. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return one day and finally wipe the enemy's influence from the face of the earth forever. This event is closer than we may think, and it's important to know what to expect. The prophecies we read in the Bible can be confusing, but they do provide us with clues as to what we'll see unfolding in our world as we near the return of our King. Each week in the Mideast Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the current events happening around the globe and holds them up to the lens of God's Word. He shares what God reveals to him with you each week. This information is not meant to scare you, but rather to inspire you to take the gospel message out into the world. Every person needs to have the chance to meet Jesus before he returns and to know what his love and grace can do for them. These Mid-East Prophecy Updates are available to you on our YouTube channel as well or through our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to find links to both. Thanks for listening today and be sure to join us for the next update right here on In Spirit and Truth.